Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume One, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight eBooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Would you talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource? Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of His creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. So stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order volume one of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices. The number is 757-276-1099. And if you'd like, you can mail your check. Our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. The Bible tells us to be angry, but do not sin. The question is, how do we do it? Ron has answers today on Something Good as he moves ahead to the next stop in his series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. As you'll see over the next 20 minutes or so, there is a way to manage anger without sinning. There's even a way to overcome it once and for all. Stay with us now and remember you can always listen to Something Good on your schedule. Our audio is available on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And now, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Defeating Anger. Well, America is burning in rage and people are taking to the streets. Some people are protesting peacefully. Others are rioting violently, looting businesses. Uh, defacing memorials, starting fires. The question is, why all the rage? Well, you know, the recent death of a black man named George Floyd at the hands of a white police officer in Minneapolis was, well, it was sort of like a match lighting a tinder box. 
I mean, just exploding in rage in our country today. Floyd's death, everyone agrees, is an egregious injustice and one that should inflame the righteous indignation of every one of us. More than a decade ago, ABC's 2020 ran a story called Anger in America. The reporter began by saying, anger is all the rage. We express anger about all kinds of things, bad calls by the umpires, drivers cutting us off, long lines at the grocery store, our boss expecting a report by the end of the day, AIG executives getting bailout money. <laughs> you remember that? The reporter goes on to say our anger comes from seeing everyone else as out to get us or that we are not getting what we feel we deserve. Our spouse leaving a mess in the living room, our kids leaving toys on the floor where we trip on them. Do Americans have an anger problem? I'm in a series of messages called Undefeated, and we're talking about how to live an undefeated life, overcoming the deadly sins that drag us down. And um, we're looking at uh, defeating pride, anger, lust, Laziness, gluttony, envy, and greed, those seven deadly sins that emerged on a list back in the sixth century and people have tweaked uh, time and time again. We're, we're, we're looking at this list. Today we're talking about defeating anger. And no, I, I didn't uh, decide to introduce this message today in light of what's going on in our culture right now. Uh, this is why I always think God is so amazing. I mean, he even governs and schedules my sermon series. But what a timely message for today. This was scheduled months ago to land on this Sunday, and I'm glad that it did. Throughout this series, we're talking about how to live an undefeated life, and we're, we're pointing to Jesus, and we're calling him the undefeated one. He's the one that makes us more than conquerors. He's the one who helps us live an undefeated life. And again, we're going to find through the wor his words in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, he's the one that helps us defeat anger. Now, um, anger is not a friendly conversation. We all know that. I mean, I, I suspect that at the last party or engagement you were at, uh, you didn't come up to somebody and say, so tell me what you're angry about. I mean, this is not a way to start a conversation, is it? Uh, we want to have happy conversations and uh, conversations that are full of warm sunshine. But anger is a, is a real human emotion, and it's something uh, we want to talk about. It's also one of those human emotions that many people struggle with, uh, how to get control of their anger. Now, not all anger is bad. In fact, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, be angry and do not sin. There is a way and a time to express your anger, and, and, and it doesn't cross a line into something that is unrighteous. We would call it righteous anger. Uh, there were a couple of times in Jesus' ministry where he expressed righteous anger. He walked into the temple, not once but twice, once at the beginning and then another time at the end of his ministry, and he saw the money changers uh, turning his father's house, a house of prayer, into a house of merchandise. And, and you remember the story. This is Jesus who took the whip and cracked the whip and overturned the tables of the money changers. He, he raised a few eyebrows when he did that, when he expressed his righteous anger. He said, my father's house is a house of prayer. You've turned it into something else. And it made him mad. 
Jesus expressing righteous anger. Are there times to express righteous anger? Certainly there is. Be angry and do not sin. But let's just be honest. Most of the anger that you and I struggle with is not categorized as righteous. <laughs> it's, it's anything but that. And um, oftentimes we, uh, we uh, get angry at the things that we should tolerate and we tolerate the things that we should rightfully be angry about. And maybe this is one of those times in our culture and in our, our nation where uh, we should be angry about racial injustices, about racism that rears its ugly head in every generation because it's not about skin, it's about sin in the human heart. It's not about color, it's about the character of a man or a woman who nurses that kind of hatred towards another person. Uh, it's, it's a good thing to be angry about uh, these types of things. Fortunately, Jesus addressed this matter of anger 2,000 years ago. And his words read like they're, they're right off the front page of the newspaper. Oh, unfortunately, the news organizations are not addressing it in a gospel kind of way. And that concerns me a bit. The civil rights era was rooted in faith. It was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and pastors who rose up uh, to elevate the sin of racism to a proper level and, and apply gospel solutions to it. And I think that's what's needed today. I, I, I reached out to my friend Stephen, a uh, black pastor in South Florida, and, and others that I hope to have conversations with because we as pastors, we as people of faith, need to seize the conversation. The conversation needs to happen in the church house, not the state house. Otherwise, we'll just have a state house solution to all of this, which may be another piece of legislation. But a law never changed the human heart. Uh, it's a gospel solution to this matter of anger and, and rage over such things as racism. Jesus addressed anger in the human heart in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. And beginning in verse 21, he says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Now here Jesus is addressing what we would call unrighteous anger. Yes, there is a time to be angry and sin not, but here he's talking about the kind of anger uh, that we would consider to be unrighteous. In the Sermon of the Mount, let's understand what Jesus is saying in the context of the larger Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is known as the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most incredible passages of Scripture in the Gospels, let alone the New Testament. Jesus is, is talking about kingdom living, and, and as he talks about the standards of righteousness among the people of God who live by kingdom principles, he raises the bar on righteousness. He uses a rabbinic formula here that becomes familiar. He begins by saying, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, that's a rabbinic formula. And, and, and he's not... He's not speaking against the law of God. He's not abolishing the law. In fact, already in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law of God. But what he is doing is he is addressing wrong interpretations and faulty applications about the law. So he says things like this. You have heard that it was said, you shall not kill, you shall not murder. But I say to you, 
If you have anger in your heart toward another person, you've committed murder. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you have lust in your heart toward another person, you've committed adultery. You see, the Pharisees were all about behavior modification. They were good at cleaning up the outside, but they never got to the heart of the issue. Jesus always goes to the heart, the heart of the issue, because it's out of the heart that flow such evil and dark things as hatred and racism and pride and murder and adultery, which starts with anger and lust. Now we're back to the seven deadly sins, aren't we? Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. You can search our streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Well, true and lasting change always comes from inside out on the subject of anger. Let's get to the heart of the matter in the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Defeating Anger. And once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. So Jesus has this rabbinic formula going on. Basically what he's saying, back to uh, the verses that we're focusing on today, he's saying this, and strap on your seatbelts. All right, get ready for this. This might sound a little bit offensive to some of us, but listen to what Jesus is saying here. He says, this is a correct interpretation of the law of God and a correct application of the law of God. According to Jesus, anger is murder in the heart. Let me say that again. Anger, unrighteous anger, that is, is murder in the heart. Now, Jesus is not saying that every bit of anger leads to the act of homicide. No, we know better than that. But what he is saying is that every homicide starts with angry rage in the heart of somebody who then acts out in a homicide. And he says, we got to go to the heart of this and learn how to, how to defeat anger. The problem is, as I see it, murder is so common today. In fact, murder is entertainment. Remember the old Hollywood show, Murder, She Wrote? And all of the you know, CSI crime investigations and murder mystery books and all of that. We have turned murder, something that should shock the human heart. We've turned it into entertainment. And maybe it takes something like the egregious death of George Floyd, this, this, uh, uh, this unrighteous and ungodly act of, of racism, to, to shock our American conscience once again that the loss of any life by murder is egregious. I think back to the first murder recorded in Genesis chapter 4, when Cain killed his brother Abel. Just think for a moment how the first human beings reacted to the first murder. They had never seen it. 
They had never seen the blood of another human being shed. They had never seen uh, life lost in a human being, a dead corpse. First time. Since then, it's just repeated itself over and over and over again. We're numb to it until something like this happens, and it awakens our conscience. Uh, we, we, we have to be careful, do we not, that we don't um, turn murder into entertainment and that we don't lose the sensitivity to where it all begins, which is anger, unrighteous anger in the human heart. Jesus also suggested our words can be murderous. Whoever said sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, never read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus said, uh, whoever says raka, meaning you fool, is in danger of judgment or hell. Raka is a quasi-swear word in Aramaic that means empty-headed or stupid. The term fool comes from the Greek word more, and it's where we get our English word moron. These were insulting words in Jesus' time. He says not only is, is, is anger murder in the heart, but angry words can escalate to the place where it leads to, well, something that you regret later. Today, some comedians have turned insult into a, a career. Uh, Don Rickles was one of Hollywood's funniest men. I, I love the humor of Don Rickles, but, but Don Rickles had a way of firing insults at just about everybody and about every you know, racial background, and he got everybody laughing at themselves. He was amazing that way. He could insult your race or your ethnicity, and you'd be laughing. And the very next minute, you know, it'd be the next per person next to you. We've lost our ability to laugh at ourselves, maybe because the tensions are so high today. Jeff Foxworthy is another one of those comedians that uh, uses lighthearted insult uh, to get us laughing, his, uh, his redneck humor, all right? Will you indulge me just, just a moment? Uh, he, he, he says things like, um, uh, you might be a redneck if, um, for instance, your wife's hairdo was once ruined by a ceiling fan. Or you might be a redneck if you married three times and you still have the same in-laws. Oh, my. You might be a redneck if your toilet paper has page numbers on it. That just sounds painful, doesn't it? You might be a redneck if a tornado hits your house and causes $10,000 worth of improvement. There you go. Or you might be a redneck if you think Dom Perignon is a mafia boss. I see somebody back here who thinks that's the case. Or how about this one? You, you might be a redneck if you think a woman who is, quote, out of your league just bowls on a different night of the week. <laughs> that's my favorite one. I like that one. I, I just toss that in because all of this talk about murder and anger is kind of heavy, isn't it? And, and we need to laugh a little bit at ourselves to take on such a a sensitive and hard subject at any time, let alone at this time in our, our culture. Angry thoughts and angry words may never lead to an actual homicide. But that's not the point that Jesus is making here. In Matthew chapter 5 through 7, it's all about kingdom living where the standard of righteousness must rise higher than the righteousness of men. In other words, it's not enough to say, I've never murdered anybody and never will. No, in the kingdom of heaven, if you carry unrighteous anger in your heart toward another person, you are no better than a murderer. 
This is what Jesus says. And that puts us back on our heels a little bit and makes us say, search me, O God, and, and know my heart. In fact, the presence of such unrighteous anger might indicate that you do not possess eternal life. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Wow, what a connection there. Strong words, impactful words uh, from the Scriptures. Let's talk about the many faces of anger before we talk about ways to defeat anger. And here I want to go to uh, a little bit deeper into the New Testament, to the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. Ephesians 4 and verse 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's a, that's a pretty uh, imposing list right there all of the different many faces of anger. Colossians 3 and verse 8 says it in a similar way. But now you yourselves are to put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. I want to take these two verses and talk a little bit about the many different faces and many different expressions of anger. The most common form of anger is the quick temper. Uh, which is the idea behind the word translated just simply anger in these verses. The Greek word is thumos, and it refers to a burning indignation which flares up with the intensity of fire. Taken to an extreme, a quick-tempered person can become so filled with rage that his temporary loss of control leads to an act of physical violence he later regrets. Think of the Incredible Hulk, you know? Uh, he, he, he would get full of thumos in just a moment, turn green, get big, and then destroy everything around him. All right, that's thumos, quick temper. Uh, the next word on the list is wrath, anger, then wrath, which comes from the Greek word orge, and it speaks of a subtle and more deep-flowing form of anger. It describes anger that is less sudden, quiet, and simmering beneath the surface of one's uh, exterior. Orge lasts longer than thumos, and quite frankly, it's more dangerous. You don't see orge. Passive, aggressive people are often full of orge. They've been angry for a long time. You don't see it in explosive bursts. I can deal with that in myself and in others. But orge is that... Uh, beneath the surface, simmering anger that hangs around for a long, long time. Cain's anger toward his brother Abel simmered for years and then Thumos exploded upon his brother physically. In the New Testament, we're told, fathers, do not provoke your children to orge. You know, parents, uh, I've had parents in my office as a pastor over the years who have said, you know, my, my child is just angry. Uh, and, and you have to go back into the family dynamics and the relationship some to, and, and, and parents have to sometimes just admit that they have sown the seeds of anger in their children, and that's orge. Do you sometimes struggle with angry words? Remember, sticks and stones may break a few bones, but words can crush the spirit. 
Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Anger. And to listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. Let's go back to the words of Jesus. And the first thing he says is to pursue reconciliation. Matthew 5, verse 23, he says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Interesting words from Jesus here. Uh, he, He elevates reconciliation to its proper place. If you want to overcome anger, you've got to start from the inside out. Join us next time for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Defeating Anger. For Ron and the whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.